don't get OnlyFans. I don't get it. Do Is it good? It? Is anybody... Does anybody actually buy that stuff? Yes. Simps. Overnight. I can't believe people buy pornography. It's just, it's so far. I understand that it is a thing that happens and that people do do it, but it is so far outside of the realm of what I would consider doing in my life that it seems foreign to me. It's like telling me to imagine how an ant feels when it's eating a rock. Like, I, I can't because it's so, it's so far outside of what I consider normal behavior. Well, that's because I don't think you, and look, I might be wrong, but I definitely understand it. I don't do it because I get the sense if I started, I would never stop like subscribing to people's OnlyFans. Um, you, it's, you're the one who taught me the phrase parasocial relationships. You're given the money. You get access to DMs. You get secret stuff that other people don't get. You're in the club. Like, I get it. Like, if it's Christmas time, and I want to see my favorite uh, nudie girl in a little Santa outfit. $9.95, baby. I'm shelling that out. That's 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 the side that's like two coffees at Starbucks. Yeah, I guess. I get if you, guess if you're like funny on Twitter mm-hmm. and then you make an OnlyFans. Yup. Then it might because you build this following and then people people want to see famous people naked. Yes. But like Caroline Calloway has That's a whole other thing. You know that's a whole other thing. Can I finish my sentence? Yeah, she but- has created an OnlyFans. Yes, I know. And oh, that's a whole other thing. Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't know that I knew that she had an OnlyFans. Yeah. I yeah. don't I don't get what you're That she's not on OnlyFans. She's on OnlyFans so she can blog about it. She's on OnlyFans so she can get Caroline Calloway on OnlyFans trending. None of those pictures are nudes. Like, you could probably find similar pictures on her Instagram. She's doing it because she wants some of that sex worker hotness without having to pull the girls out. I mean, she posts her boobs. Like, she posts her boobs just on her timeline. But she's doing this thing where she's her gimmick is that she's dressing up like female characters from books mm-hmm. and i don't see the appeal like i don't i don't think that would i don't think there's enough of a demand to see jane austen naked that that would be a big draw for people well i'm going to tell you two things the first wait look we might as well start the show. Welcome to the Loudest Podcast, the loudest podcast on the internet. I'm your host Stereos Codos. With us as always is Sarancha. Hello. Like uh I mean, sh- okay, can we just jump back for a second? When you say she posts her boobs, do you mean she posts her bare breasts? She posts her bare breasts. On Twitter? On Twitter.com. Okay. That is also, because there's some like blog, there's some bloggers that do that. They're like, I'll show off the girls, but the missus is off limits. And it's just like, that's a, that is another way to get attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, why is this shocking that I'm showing my boobs? Shouldn't we all be allowed to show our boobs? I'm making like a feminist statement by showing my boobs. And it's like, all right, Caroline Calloway, clock's ticking on you. I wish we could show our boobs all the time. (laughs) You can. New York, yeah. But I got yelled at in Los Angeles, remember, for having my boobs out? I had my boobs out. I was suntanning. On the hotel balcony, and I had my boobs out, mm-hmm. and they called the room and told me to put those titties away. Now, <laughs> would you care to tell the rest of the story, which is the actual reason that we got that complaint? No, I don't remember. I thought it was the titties. No. I was also completely naked. <laughs> Do not re- Oh, you- we were we killed an entire bottle of gin. Oh yeah, that's right. That was a while ago. Yeah, we got a what was it that that uh, alcohol delivery dropsy or a flopsy? Drizzly. We got drizzlied. So like a dude just knocks on our hotel door and gives us just a bottle of uh, beef feed or gin. We kill half of it. We both went on. We both went out on the balcony naked because the. Building across from us looked abandoned. It did. I thought it was another part of the hotel, but apparently not. Apparently, people are personally offended, but I'm showing my titties. <laughs> Again, it was not you. My whole Mr. Mr. Playtime was out, and he brought his two fun buddies, <laughs> and that was the problem. Mr. Penis. <laughs> Mr. Penis. 
and 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 the Balls twins. That's you think anyone's gonna call the cops if you're out there naked on the balcony? Absolutely not. They're gonna call their therapist and go, I don't need therapy anymore. I'm cured. I saw God. It looks like Bauga. Bauga. Like, come on. And then their doctor hopefully will refill that man's lithium prescription. Yeah, I know. You know, it's interesting. Lithium. Sometimes I think about it because it's like it would just be nice to turn the world off. The sense I get with lithium is this. It just dampens everything. Yeah. McDonald's doesn't taste as good. The highs aren't as high, but those lows aren't as low, baby. It's a lifetime of creamy middles when you're on lithium. What, what else has a creamy middle? A devil dog. What do you think that lithium treats? Bipolar. Bipolar? Mania. I, I, I've only heard of it for schizophrenics, but I believe that it would be used for that. Aren't schizophrenics bipolar? And don't they suffer from mania? No, schizophrenic sea shit, Checkmates, man. liberals. <laughs> of course they're bipolar. Because one day, because one moment a schizophrenic's talking to his dead dad, the next day he's talking to your dog. Like, huh, bipolar much? I wonder what being on lithium would be like. I've never, never attempted to take lithium. I'm telling you right now, look, I've never taken it either, but... Like, it was one of those books, it was one of those drugs that was talked about a lot in the 70s, like Ken Kesey style, one flew over the cuckoo's nest style bullshit, lithium. Like, lithium was thought of as like a wonder drug, kind of like we think of Viagra now. Um, Like, uh, but um, my sense is that it's just like having a pillow over your face. You know, can you, can you smile as big? No. But your screams get muffled. That's fun. <laughs> hey, p- people and listeners in the comments, if you are on lithium right now, <laughs> <laughs> call and leave a voicemail. Mm. So Caroline Calloway, again, she's doing it for the attention. She's doing it for the clicks. And look, you know what? T- to me, like, I ca- kind of not super into the Caroline Calloway thing. But it's at the, uh, you know, hand on the other glove for a second. God bless her. She found a way to get attention. I'm doing that constantly. I'm getting into boxing matches with strangers. I'm playing Persona 5 on Twitch. Like, I'm podcasting and vodcasting and blodcasting. It's like, I'm, I'm going for the same thing. Maybe I'm just jealous of Caroline Calloway. Let me ask you a question. Sure. What flavor of not into Caroline Calloway are you? Are you actively annoyed by her or do you just not care? Um, Actively annoyed. And I think it's one of those things that they teach you in... Alcoholics Anonymous and in Overeaters Anonymous, you spot it, you got it, which is why I get so enraged at Nathan Masry, whereas you just think it's all funny. I do. It's very funny. I was listening to last week's episode and I was like, I'm yelling a lot. I'm like, isn't the whole idea that we're just supposed to be like ripping on this guy? I'm like, why? I'm I'm hearing myself get genuinely upset. And it's because like, we're both fast talking ethnic guys who are trying to get attention on the internet and he got it and I didn't and I'm jealous. I'm not proud of this, but eh, I'd be lying if it's like, eh, I'm not here to lie to people. Um, to be fair, most of the world is dunking on him. <laughs> yeah, I do feel pretty good about that. <laughs> like, uh, most of the world is, du- I, I saw somebody call hit Garfield Eats perhaps unintentionally the most effective creation of anti-capitalist satire ever made. If 10 years from now, Nathan Masry takes off his mask and it's Nathan from Nathan for you, what am I going to do? Oh my God. Could you imagine a Nathan for you episode with Nathan Masry on it? It's the only thing that makes sense. I can just imagine him being like, and in order to keep my identity a disguise, I decided for, I decided to create a brand new persona, a Canadian man named Nathan. <laughs> Nathan Masry actually has li- the licenses to all use any Garfield comic in his restaurant. Which one would I choose? Obviously, the dog semen. <laughs> oh my god! We removed everything from the menu except cups of dog semen. <laughs> By the way, happy thirtieth anniversary to the dog to the uh, issue. Uh, to the comic strip 
where uh, John Arbuckle, uh, John Arbuckle, apologies, uh, drank dog cum. Uh, happy 30th anniversary. Yeah. Did you see Jim Davis's explanation for that was that it was not dog cum. It was a cup of that supplement that veterinarians give to dog. Like anybody would interpret it that way. Well, it was it, like Jim Davis said he grew up on the farm. And so, oh, and then by, by the way. If you've never heard the dog come uh, <laughs> comic strip, the way it works, uh, panel one, uh, okay, uh, open on, interior, Liz's veterinary office. Liz is sitting with Garfield. There's a blue cup uh, on the counter. John, Arbuc- John Arbuckle walks in and goes, gee, John, would you like some coffee? Thanks. Don't mind if I do. Grabs it, drinks it all down. Liz goes, congratulations, Mr. Arbuckle. (laughs) You're going to give birth to a healthy litter of puppies. And then uh, John John doesn't spit it out. He looks like sick, like, "Mm." and then Garfield thinks to himself, I hate puppies. Congratulations, John. You've drank an entire cup of dog semen and didn't realize can you give me some credit for knowing that entire comic strip off the top of my head? I was I was gonna I was waiting to see if you got the I hate puppies part right, and I'm impressed. You did get it yeah, right. Yeah, off the dome, baby. Hell yeah. Um so Jim Davis says that Jim Davis grew up on the farm and they would often give uh cows this super protein slurry so they'd have healthier calves. Now I don't know what dog is having trouble conceiving. <laughs> In fact, I know that Bob Barker had to go on television for three decades asking us to please cut our dog's nuts off because of all the fucking kids they were having. So I don't, I don't know. Also, Liz, why is the, why is like the, why is the dog fertility drink out when you have a cat here? And why is there no lid to this special... Liz, what are you doing? This is a guy, you're running some kind of nightmare. No wonder Garfield doesn't want to go over there. They're not following any medical procedure at all. Yeah, why would you put your dog semen in a coffee cup? See, that's the thing. It do- nah, this is also John's fault because there's no, there's no handle on that mug. Have you ever drank a cup of coffee from like a Japanese style tea mug? I mean... Yes, you can put any liquid in any cup that you want. Of course you can. But have you? I, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> just say no. Why no. Don't you just say you've never done it. No, no, Unless I've never. Unless you have done it. I've never seen a cup with no handle. That's not what I'm saying. Have you ever drank coffee out of a hand warmer cup? No. Of course not. That's how you drink tea out of hand warmer cups. Most often, yes. I'm I didn't say it was impossible to drink coffee out of a Antwerper. <laughs> Obviously, if it's the only cup that's clean in the house. Maybe John is very culturally in tune and is familiar with Japanese hand warmer mugs. Well, then why does he think American-style coffee's inside it? Why does he not taste that it's dog semen? Well, he drinks it all in one go, <laughs> so it's kind of like... I mean, that's the real problem. <laughs> Who drinks their coffee that fast? But it was just like, what is he cramming for a test? Does he have like a cross-country road trip? John, what are you doing? <laughs> John drank dog semen. John, happy 30th anniversary to the strip where John drank dog semen. And God blesses everyone. God bless us. Okay, so that's why I don't like Caroline Calloway. It's a you spot it, you got it thing. I see a lot of myself in her, and that's what annoys me. I guess so. Yeah, she annoys me too. So maybe I got a little bit of the, the fevers too. <laughs> to people who don't know who Caroline Calloway is, can you give them the, uh, like the elevator pitch on Caroline Caroline Calloway? Calloway is a woman, an influencer, who came to prominence last year because she got an article written about her where she tried to do this like influencer seminar, I guess is the best word. Okay. An influencer seminar. But then she tried to plan the whole thing herself and it was an absolute train wreck. (laughs) Like she didn't get the space. She didn't book the space in time. So she had to have it in a completely different city. And everybody was like, to be fair, she did give refunds. That's good. But then she bitched about it on Instagram later. Like you guys are being so negative. (laughs) Wow. And then this article came out recently in The Cut about like her former 
a friend was like, yeah, she's not a good person. She's kind of obsessed with herself. And um, she she is very, she has shown evidence that she is very, very into herself. She's a chronic name searcher on Twitter. She, this article, she was so personally offended by this article saying like, yeah, she was kind of a shitty friend to me. And she wrote a 40,000 word response and then paywalled it and she's like the money's going to charity and i'm like well caroline this isn't the first time you took money and didn't fulfill (laughs) so i don't know obviously maybe every dime of it went to charity maybe not there's no way for me to know that but uh, she has a track record of not thinking through ideas partially do i believe she has openly admitted to being addicted to adderall in the past, so my I am currently under operating under the assumption that this whole planned tour was like an Adderall idea, and she got really high on her own supply and tried to do everything. Like at one point, she said she was going to give out everybody little handmade gift baskets with mason jars uh, made from mason jars, and she ordered something like five thousand mason jars to her New York City apartment, and she was taking pictures in Manhattan. So she has a very small apartment. Could we fit 5,000 mason jars? Probably. But she took pictures with like her entire living room, piled floor to ceiling with mason jars. And the whole thing is very, very funny. Look up Caroline Calloway scammer on Google. It's very, it's very funny. I thought, didn't someone write an article about her in the New York Times where they were like, Caroline Calloway was my roommate and she was the worst? No, you're thinking of the cut article. I I read it is about from her, I think her former friend. I don't think okay. they were roommates, but Natalie. And she was just like, nah, she was kind of a shitty friend. We would go out and she would abandon me. And she didn't really care about me and my Wait, no, I think they worked together at some point because Caroline Kelly's initial, like how she became an influencer was she went to Cambridge and she would like Instagram pictures and then write these big ass long story novella captions. And apparently Natalie was helping her ghostwrite some of them and she was apparently not very pleasant to work with. That's how, that's the most recent thing I've heard about Caroline Calloway, right? Because she tweeted like, I bet I'm the only girl on OnlyFans with a degree from Cambridge. And all these other girls on OnlyFans were like, no, I'm also Ivy League educated. Like, I went to Harvard. Like, I went to Princeton. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it was just, they were just like, yeah, in the new economy, it doesn't matter where you went to college. At some point, you're going to have to show your boobs in order to pay your rent. Yeah, uh, getting an overpriced university degree to dunk on sex workers. That's a galaxy. <laughs> that's, right. that's a galaxy brain take. That's <laughs> what it was. Yes. Yes. Uh, um. All right. Okay. Just but one more thing about the Caroline Calloways, and also like let's pivot that to the um those uh, fire festival guys. Failing uh, on a spectacular level now makes you marketable. Because I keep seeing things where they're like, we're throwing a festival and we've got the fire festival guys helping out with it. No. Why (laughs) would you advertise that? Because that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like Caroline Calloway, apparently like she she says she's going to throw an influencer event. It blows up spectacularly. Now everyone's like, I want to go to the next Caroline Calloway thing because it'll be an even bigger trick. Something about... You can fail upwards spectacularly now in a way that was only available to, like, senior vice presidents at banks. Isn't Billy McFarland still in fucking jail? Is he, he out? He wasn't the only one behind the thing, and I'm sure he's got a cell phone up his ass. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Oh, man, Fire Festival. I could talk about Fire Festival till the cows come home. I know. Have you seen the documentaries? No, I, I think we've talked about the Fire Festival at length on this show before. Yeah. Um, but I just know you like the Fire Festival, so I, I want Bring that up. I love the fire festival. I love the scammers. Love the, the the scams that because every time scammers come out and they fail spectacular and they make national headlines, it's never their first grift. Right. It's always like the third. I'm obsessed with it. Billy's was. I don't know if we talked about this, we but did about oh, the okay. the card, the uh, credit card. And then he got arrested, and he did the exact <laughs> same thing. I know. What? Why? 
I know. I fucking love it. All right. Well, hey, hey, uh, I gotta, I gotta fix a couple of levels here just because we're peaking and beaking. And uh, you, you give me one second. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Loudest Podcast, Loudest Podcast on the internet. When I was twelve, the first time I had a meal that I would consider the best meal of my life. It was when I was twelve years old. My great uncle died, and I went to a funeral. And they served at the reception filet mignon. Oh, my God. And prior to this, my mom cooks steak. She, My mother believes that eating food that is not thoroughly cooked is a highway to every disease ever. Foreigners think that. My dad thinks that, too. My dad, like... My dad wants every steak well done, and I feel like if it's not cooked enough, he'll pull out like a blowtorch from his from his boot and just char the goddamn thing. It's yeah, he thinks that it's he, he says you have to kill the microbes. She says the exact same thing. It must be ethnic parents, but she cooks steak. She will not cook a, cook a steak anything but well done. So as a kid, I would eat steak, and I would be it's tough and dry, and I'd be like, eh, I guess I just don't like steak. I don't see what the big deal is. But then I went to this funeral, and they just served everything medium, and I ate it, and I was like, oh, my mom's just a shitty cook. <laughs> I feel like your mom is like a straight up 1970s cook because she's blanching stuff. I did you have a lot of TV dinners as a kid? Yeah, my mom can't cook for shit. <laughs> yeah, but, but like a lot of people can't cook. Your mom is a very specific like 1970s housewife cook because the TV dinner in the 70s was like an innovation. It was like, oh shit. Everything's in this one thing, and we put it in the thing, and we can eat it. Like a TV dinner was a treat, not like a sign of like, not like a surrender, <laughs> like a sign that things are not going your way. <laughs> right, exactly. Not like a sign that like maybe you don't love your kids as much as you thought you did. <laughs> um, yeah, weird how your mom's like that. Um, any particular reason you started talking about the filet mignon? I was if not. I have a pivot. I was just thinking about thinking about food and where I'm gonna go eat after. After the new normal is fucking over. No, I, I, I definitely, you know, in the in these unprecedented times, when things, when the times get more precedented, I can't fucking wait. But this is the pivot. A couple of days ago, you said to me, "Stereos, what's the best kind of French fry to eat?" Yeah, and we talked about that for like two goddamn hours, and at the end. We were screaming at each other so loud that we had to just be like, I, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree about the French fries. We're very passionate about our fries of choice. Well, I think I said sweet potato fries were the best fries. And you said, what, tater tots or something stupid like that? I did that? not say tater tots were the best fry. Although I do love tater tots. Tater tots, I don't know that those are fry. I mean, I guess they are. They're, fr they're fried potatoes. But the... Mm. Are tater tots French fries? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna Let's go say ahead. tater tots are French fries. Something about tater tots, the roundness of them allows you to have more batter in a way that like shoestring don't. Like the tops and the bottom of shoestring fries, they often have like a little piece of like uh, potato skin on them. Like they're not, they're not often as done. Tater tot is just like 360 degrees of enjoyment. Yeah, I think my qualification, my qualification for a good French fry is that A, it has to be cooked thoroughly. Okay. The more potato you can taste, the worse the fry, which is why those wedge fries are some of the worst fries. Steak fries are terrible. Steak fries are the worst French fries. If your favorite French fries are steak, I'm sorry that I have to be the one to tell you this, but you have no fucking taste. Those are my favorite French fries. That's what you must have thought. No, steak fries are my favorite. Really? Because they have the best of both worlds. They they have so much surface area. Like a steak fry is equivalent in length and height to let's say six shoestrings, three across and two up and down. Um, so you have more surface area to get all crispy and crunchy, but then in the middle there's just like a there is a little bit of potato. Because if I'm eating all crunch, then why aren't I just eating potato chips? Like, like where is the potato at all? I mean, where you you obviously those are both potato price, but you know what I'm saying. Like having a tiny bit of mashed potato in there kind of 
kind of grounds the whole experience. Never in my life, never in my life have I had a set of steak fries that were cooked properly. That, that taste that I had never in my life have I had a set of steak fries that did not taste like they came out of a sad middle school cafeteria. They are too undercooked 100% of the time. And the reason is because they're so fucking big. It's impossible to cook them correctly. And many have tried, all have failed. They're not good French fries. You, If you need to douse them in ketchup they're not good french fries yeah but i could say the same thing about steak if steak isn't cooked well it's not good which is why you didn't correct right but does that mean all steak is bad no just like it doesn't mean all all steak fries are bad like i agree it's a hell of a lot easier to fuck up a steak fry than it is a shoe now your favorite is the shoestring no my favorite is the sweet potatoes yeah, but those are sweet potatoes that are cut shoestring, right? Yeah, I mean, I like sw- shoestrings a close second. So, yes, let's say that. Yeah, because you're not, obviously, you're not talking about like sweet potato steak fries. You're not talking about sweet potato curly fries or waffle fries. You're not talking about sweet potato wedges. The only fry left is sweet potato shoestrings. Okay, yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, it's a lot easier to get a shoestring french fry right than it is to get a steak fry right. Steak fry, you cook too little time, and they're all soggy, and there's no crunch. You cook them too much, and they just taste like these kind of burnt hockey puck things. But that, just because they're more difficult doesn't mean they're not better. Well, at some point, it becomes an Occam's razor thing. Like, you're going out, you're ordering french fries. What is most likely to happen? Will you get the only correctly cooked steak fries in the entire world? Or will you get the shitty piece of shit, cardboard-ass mashed potato imitation shits when you can get a plate of delicious shoestring fries for at the, at the exact same time as those garbage fries, and you're taking much less of a gamble, so they are definitively better French fries. Yes, of course. The a, a boat, the safest place for a boat to be, is at is in harbor. <laughs> but boats were not meant to stay on dry land. Yeah, I agree that a shoestring fry is a safer bet. But I think shoestring fry. And by the way, look. I apologize if it sounds like I'm coming down on shoestring fries. I love shoestring fries, like I do. I think shoestring fries are fantastic, especially the ones at McDonald's. Like, I, I do, okay? But at the same time, it's like, uh, I still think that the shoestring fries are kind of like the lithium french fries. <laughs> like, you're not going to get the high, yeah, you're not going to get the low lows, but you're not going to get the high highs. I, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. First of all, I don't need my meal to be an adventure. I'm not trying... <laughs> I'm not trying to become a better sailor or a cook. I'm trying to have a delicious. If I'm going to a restaurant, my objective is to eat a good meal. You don't need your meal to be an adventure. Really? 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 Really. Okay, I'm going to say something, and if you want me to cut it out, that's fine. You specifically went to a weirdo place to eat horse. I did. It was it was good. Do you want that cut out? No, it's fine. Really? Why? We can uh, talk about it. It's not embarrassing. It was in Japan. It's not embarrassing to be known as, as Sriracha, the horse-eating podcaster. Okay. Well, first of all, I think that's a very American, America-centric position. Yeah. People eat horse in other countries. People eat monkey brains. Okay. So, like, really, you're comfortable being known as, like, Sriracha, Mr. Ed's least favorite podcaster. Do you think I'm, like, watching BoJack Horseman and salivating? Yes, that's exactly what I think you're doing. You know that's what I think you're doing. I've seen you lick the screen. You know how people call it sad horse show? You call it tasty horse show. Delicious horse show. I call it a cooking show. Remember when you went to go fight the war in Indochina and you were like, I'm going to go eat everywhere and get sick. Food is always an adventure for you. And I did. I ate everywhere and I got sick. I know you did. So don't don't act. Don't come in here and try to big time me like you're a little miss loves Applebee's, specifically when you told me that you hate Applebee's. Yeah, here's a list of five restaurants that should die with boomers. Ready. Number 1, Ruby Tuesdays. Agreed. Hard agree. <laughs> Ruby Tuesdays, you don't have a gimmick. Applebee's has the uh, Applebee's has the Dollarita. TGI Fridays has unlimited appetizers. Ruby Tuesday, what do you have? We'll give you 12 french fries. 
And then if you want another 12 for free, we'll give you another 12 French fries for free. They are such dicks about the French fries. Have you seen the little cup that they come in? It's the, si- it's the size of a coaster. Ridiculous. I need more fries than that. Number two, chilies. <laughs> another hard agree. And it took me a while to come around on this because I, I like that baby back ribs song. It's the but only thing it has going for it. I realized I've never eaten their baby back ribs. I just like going like, I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby. Like, I just enjoy doing it. Never in my life have I went to Chili's, ate at Chili's, left and said, wow, that was a good meal. <laughs> no, it's sad. Like, um, which one has the Bloomin' Onion? Outback Steakhouse? Outback Steakhouse. I, w- I would like to keep Outback Steakhouse because I like the unlimited brown bread. And I feel like... They are quick on that. At Ruby Tuesdays, they'll really drag their feet to get you more fries. Mm-hmm. They must just have a fucking, just a giant baker's, hot baker's case of brown bread. They must just be having like brown bread fights back there. They have so much brown bread. Number three, Olive Garden. Yeah. I mean, and again, I like Olive Garden as a joke. <laughs> I like unlimited breadsticks when you're here, your family. Remember a couple of years ago, they sold that pasta pass thing? What, that was like the never ending possible? Uh, b- better. It was like, I, I think they made like a hundred of them or a thousand of them or something, but they were like, you give us $120. We'll give you this like wooden, this small wooden plaque that you can present at any Olive Garden to get pasta and you can use it once a day for a year. Holy shit, that's a brilliant. Yeah, it was called like the unlimited pasta pass. And it's like, I like that from a, but I like that because I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious that they bring up Olive Garden so much in the Sonic movie. But if I'm in an Olive Garden, something bad has happened. Right, your life is not going well if you're in an Olive Garden. If I'm in an Olive Garden, like I'm with my family or... I can't find a better place to eat. I feel like uh, I feel like Olive Garden is like where you go after you went to the funeral of someone you weren't super close with. Yeah. It's that's the only that's the only place you you don't go to an Olive Garden you end up at an Olive Garden. Yeah, exactly. Like like the only like Olive Garden either precipitates or proceeds a four-hour highway car trip. They can stay as a bread factory and a meme, and that's it. I mean, it's the same thing with chilies. It's like oh, that's that's great for memes. Okay, uh, was that how many of restaurants have you named? Number so four, Schmuffalo Schmalschmanks. I disagree with you here, but I'd like to hear why you would like why you think they should die out with uh, with the boomers. One time when I was working at Schmuffalo Schmalschmanks, <laughs> uh, it's just gross. The food is not good. It's Applebee's quality, and everyone there that everyone that frequents a Buffalo Wild Wings is a complete asshole. <laughs> I don't disagree with anything you said, but I like that there's a place where you can watch sports and that's like a, it's like a reliable place that, you know, it's like, cause you don't always know if a bar will have the game on, but you know, Buffalo Wild Wings will like, I'm not even like a huge sports fan, but it's just like, they deserve a little place they can go and drink yards of beer and eat microwave french fries it's like just let him have the buffalo that wild place wings. is applebee's and it already exists applebee's doesn't you can't count on applebee's having the game on every time what are you talking about so like 40 screens in an applebee's i don't think that there's like eight screens in an applebee's at buffalo wild wings there's a wall of tvs i would challenge that <laughs> okay well you're wrong what's the fifth one uh the fifth one is long john silvers what the heck what <laughs> Fuck that restaurant. What the hell? What? Why? Because it's bad and it's not good. It's not bad? It's bad food. It's great. Look, it's not great. I like that I can go someplace to get a bunch of fried fish, and I think they do shoestring potatoes pretty well along John Silver. Because no. they're cooking it in the same fryer that they've that they've cooked all that fish in, so there's like a fun batter like like combination there. I would buy a Long John Silver's fryer and just use it for my personal use because it's got decades of history in that fryer. Long John Silver's can stay, but only if they eliminate chicken from the menu. Yes. <laughs> Who's eating the chicken in a Long John? What are you? What? 
Why are they bothering? The only reason is for baby bitch kids that who makes bitch sense. and moan and bang their little heads on the ground until blood comes out of their ears. Daniel like fish. But mommy and daddy are tired. It's four in the morning. You're driving home from vacation. This is the only place that's open on the bullshit ass sideways highway town yeah. that you're in. So you drive up, you get some fucking fried fish for them. Or you you could you know what? You could get fried fish and then just tell your kids it's chicken. It tastes identical. Get rid of the chicken. It doesn't make any sense. And get rid of those dry ass hush puppies too. What they should Oh my god, this is the hottest take I've ever heard from you. <laughs> like um like uh get rid of the hush puppies. The hush puppies are not good. They're dry. They suck. Yeah. They're look they're nowhere near the best hush puppies I've ever had, but but it's fun that let's just, it's different. What's the difference between Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King? Like so many of the, and even like you bring in like your uh, your your fucking Sonics and your Carl's Juniors and your Hardy. Those like they're all at the same restaurant. You get hush puppies at Long John Silver. Like that's a, a lot of people. That's their first hush puppy. And then they go somewhere else. They try them better. That's a gateway puppy. <laughs> I hate their gate. Well, their gateway, you're, you're gatewaying with the, the literal worst thing on the fucking planet. I agree that they're not great, but it's, it's a novelty. It's fun. Oh, hush puppies. Oh, interesting. Oh, look at me. Well, you know, they, they could just make better hush puppies. Well, we both know that's not going to happen. It's not because they won't because they suck and they can't do anything correctly. Okay, Take that's 100% correct. <laughs> I still think, just to bring us back to French fries, I still think you are surrender. This is a surrender. It's a creative surrender to say that shoestring fries are the best fries. You, I still remember as a kid, like the first time I ever had a good waffle fry being like, what the hell is this? It's like a bunch of little shoestring fries put together and it's got the, and it, I like the ones with the round backs. Yeah. It's, it's just like, oh my fucking God. So, and- a lot of times with curly fries and with shoestring fries, they'll use that like red batter. I don't know what it is, but I do know what it tastes like and I like it. I do like it too. Arby's has very good French fries, yeah. in my opinion. I do. Arby's, Arby's has good French fries and milkshakes. Yeah. And I never, I feel like I never hear anybody talk about Arby's, probably because their food sucks dick out of ass <laughs> because like the sandwiches are really, really bad. But let me tell you, if you've written off Arby's, go get a milkshake and a French fry because they do those two things exceptionally well. <laughs> Guys, I apologize for Sriracha. Like, I don't know what's going on with her today, but uh, but to hear her talk such unmitigated smack about Arby's, especially during a national crisis, like I, I just think this is this is not the <laughs> in time. the new normal. <laughs> in the new normal, like, like I want to be six feet away from your horrible Arby's opinion. Are you an Arby's simp? I'm gonna. Need, you need to put a mask on that that keeps your Arby's opinion. Those sandwiches are fantastic. No. Oh, dude. No. No. You just outed yourself as having the worst taste on the planet. There's a reason, like, an Arby sandwich costs $12. It's really good meat. It costs $12 because they're not selling any of them. <laughs> That's not what. No. If they weren't selling any of them, they would cost $2. So they would get you in there and slowly develop a fan base. It's because people know that Arby sandwiches are quality. So they can they can charge a premium price. Have you ever, have you ever in your life had an Arby sandwich with cheese on it? No. Okay, I think I think this is the gap in knowledge that we're going to because Arby's has the worst cheese oh. on the face of the planet. I I shit you not. Yeah. I know you're imagining imagine the worst cheese in the world, and you're probably imagining like a slice. Of American cheese. And you're thinking, Sriracha, you don't like American cheese. You're just SOL. Wrong. Arby's has this putrid liquid cheese Ooh. that looks like if you took Cheese Whiz and you put it in a cup and then you microwaved it for 10 seconds and then just dumped it on something. It is bad. It ruins everything. And horsey sauce is also disgusting. I like their kind of like barbecuey briskety kind of things. Like I will I'll just go I go to Arby's just to get like a bunch of steak chopped up and slathered in sauce. Like I don't want cheese on it cuz I kind of 
I feel like you put cheese on something when you're trying to hide something. You do. Like like at a fast food restaurant. Like that's what <laughs> cheese is for. Cheese is cheese is there to bind together like degrade meat. So it's like, oh, well, I don't know what this meat looks like. It all looks orange. Huh? Like, okay, thank you for the warning about Arby's cheese. When McDonald's has better cheese than you, you are fucking something up. No, that's fucking true. I don't like that Arby's. They got like they must have got saddled with some sort of like twenty year Pepsi contract. Yeah. Oh my god. It's just like you. Every time you go to Arby's, and you're like, yeah, I'll take a diet coke, and they go, is Pepsi okay? I just want to say like. You know Pepsi's not okay. It's not but I the will st- same. But, I, but you, know, you also know I don't have a choice. Diet Pepsi tastes like aspartame. <laughs> Diet Pepsi's the worst. It is one of the worst sodas. Drink. Yeah, Diet Pe- it's particularly bad. But Sriracha introduced me to Pepsi Max. Because we had, because we went to Seven Eleven once, bef- you know, before the coronavirus, when the when their big gulp machines worked, <laughs> and. I, st- I start to see her pouring a Pepsi Max, like, super ultra big cup. I'm like, what the, uh, the Diet Coke's over there. Like, the Coke Zero's over there. Like, did you did you not know? I genuinely thought she made a mistake and she just hit one black button instead of the other one. She's like, no, Pepsi Max is good. Pepsi Max is good. Every light of soda has their own, like, diet Coke, but for dudes. <laughs> like, Coke's is Coke Zero. Uh, Pepsi's is Pepsi Maps. And Dr. Pepper is uh, fuck woman Cole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but- I knew the guy used to work with the guys. And Sriracha, I've told you this. I used to work with the guys who came up with the campaign, Dr. Pepper 10, it's not for women. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh my God. I was like, I need to take you guys out to dinner. That's the greatest campaign I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) Like... Oh goodness! Like, I, like the commercials weren't even that great. The commercials were like kind of dude broy, where it's like a jungle explorer shooting a laser at like a tiger that has that has robot claws, and there's like a bikini lady there, and they're riding a jeep. That those commercials were created during a time where like the Venn diagram, the cultural Venn diagram of. LOL random humor and like, dude, men, I love meat and mustaches was a circle for some reason. I agree. But I also think that those commercials came out like two years too late. Yeah. If those commercials had come out during the original run of the man show, when it was Jimmy and uh, the other guy, Adam. I've never actually seen that show. That's fine. We would have been good. But those commercials came out when it was like uh, Doug Stanhope era man show. And it's like, oh, it's a little late for this. Oh, yeah. goodness gracious. It's cringe. It is. A, it's a unique form of cringe. Yeah. And of course, the two people who who I knew who made those commercials were both like, like Boomertron 5000s. Oh, no. Like just eight. Like, like you get the sense that like. uh if they were ever an elderly person in trouble, they would aim their AARP cards at the sky, and then uh, their souls would be transported into one of those old-fashioned station wagons with wood paneling, and it would very slowly walk towards the crisis. <laughs> a transformer that dies if it doesn't take heart medication. <laughs> a, a transformer that, that passes away on the way to the emergency. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's just the tagline. It's not for women. What? <laughs> it's just so funny to me. It is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Usually a tagline tries to be just a little more subtle. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of like a good, like, just do it. Like, Nike's tagline isn't like, like, great sneakers for sneaking around. <laughs> Sneaky boys. Sneaky, but they'll never hear you coming in some Nikes. <laughs> Like Apple's tagline was think different. It wasn't like PC suck. Like Apple, because PC sucks a dick. Um Diet Dr. Pepper 10. Are you on your period? <laughs> <laughs> Diet Dr. Pepper 10. I don't get why you have to be such a bitch all the time, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> The soda, and it looked like period, too, remember? It was like red. It was like an electric red that's not found in nature. Like, it looked like, they looked like, like, run Lola run, 
got like blended and you could drink Run Lola Run's hair. Like that's what it looked like. It was a weird soda. It was a weird soda from a weird period of time. I like that. Remember it. I like that soda though. I like the taste of Diet Dr. Of Dr. Pepper 10. Yeah, me too. I like the taste of Diet Dr. Pepper. Uh, the, the whole, the entire, I like the entire idea behind Doc, Dr. Pepper 10 was Someone was like, we've got some research that says that men aren't drinking Diet Dr. Pepper. Like, like they must think it's a drink for huge pussies. <laughs> like, with their big boobs flopping around everywhere. Hey, Tom, nice Diet Dr. Pepper. You gonna have your period later? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, people are, t- the research is in. Diet, Diet Dr. Pepper is for Simpson cucks. I'm imagining a dude drinking Diet Dr. Pepper every day and <laughs> becoming like a bimbo fine sissy. You love bimbofication. You love it. Just admit that you love the bimbofication <laughs> fetish. I didn't desire to become. I drink one Dr. Pepper a day every day for a week, and now I'm a big titty anime girl. <laughs> My huge shits flop in two different directions when I run. <laughs> My life is ruined. <laughs> Fuck you, Dr. Pepper. But then that this guy drinks a diet doctor drinks a Dr. Pepper 10 and he straight up he just like 100% becomes Duke Nukem. <laughs> like he he gets the the hair, the sunglasses. He's quoting uh, he's quoting Evil Dead 3. Just it's Duke Nukem in a can. And that's a better tagline for Dr. Pepper 10. Drink Nukem. Duke Nukem in a can. It's Duke Nukem's jizz, John Harbuckle. Drink it. I bet if you just put him in those Nuka-Cola bottles, <laughs> fucking men would start drinking them. Yeah. Of course they fucking would. Good. Oh, my God. Look. Uh, oh, my God. Okay. I need, <laughs> I'm laughing too hard. I need to take a break. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> Hey, you hear about that influencer that returned her kid? <laughs> yes, but only because it's the it's the most it's the happiest I've seen you since the coronavirus started. <laughs> Was learning about this. Uh, here's our here's our reading series for this week. I was hoping we could read this together. <clears throat> A YouTuber placed her autistic adopted son with China from China with a new family after making content with him for years. <laughs> I've seen articles refer to her as rehoming her kid. Is that allowed? Are you allowed to do that? I don't think uh, rehoming. Remember a couple of years, like the lead singer of the Strokes got a divorce, but they didn't call it a divorce. They called it like a conscious uncoupling. I vaguely remember that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's like rehoming. That took like a team of PR experts like a week to come up. There is like a whiteboard somewhere in Los Angeles that's just like that's just like filled with like like I'm trying to think of some of the uh, some of the worst words you might come up with like uh, child transference, um, uh, baby movage, uh, uh oh, adopted too much itis. See the problem. The problem with uh, rehoming. I give that on the PR spin scale. I give that a Four out of ten because it makes it sound like the kid is like a pit bull that bit somebody. What you need is you need to add a lot of passive language in there. Like autistic child was <laughs> removed. Autistic child removed was removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, autistic child was now taken as worse. Mm. Well, think. you could say was removed from a situation that didn't fit their needs. A sick child who was once in the home is no longer in the home. <laughs> <laughs> now he's on the loose. He's off the chain. He's out of the house. <laughs> a YouTuber with hundreds of thousands of followers who has shared her family's experience of adopting a toddler from China announced on Tuesday that she and her husband had permanently placed their child with another family after unspecified behavioral issues. And they made content with this kid for three years? Yeah, the kid is four, I think. Okay. I don't know how many behavioral issues. I don't know what kind of behavior you could expect from a four-year-old that would make you have a 92-week abortion. (laughs) Oh, oh my God! (laughs) 
The announcement caused a firestorm on social media and within the creator and influencer communities. Many are questioning the ethics of the YouTuber Micah Stauffer after she spent years sharing intimate details of her son Huxley's life on a monetized channel. Even before her family adopted Huxley in 2017, Micah made her story a key theme on her channel, which has exploded in popularity and landed her several high-profile sponsorships. She's also positioned herself as an advocate for international adoption in several nations, national news outlets. I think I think I heard like uh, someone found a clip of her saying like we've adopted this kid. He has autism. He's a special needs kid. But adoption is like a one way trip. There's no takesy backsies <laughs> on our baby. Yeah, it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard. But we're in it for life. Like, rate, and subscribe, and please also Tide Pods. Tide Pods. <laughs> this this stream brought to you by Tide Pods. Don't eat them; just use them. My son Huxley loves to eat Tide Pods, <laughs> and that's how you know they're good because he's got really great tastes. Yeah, this article is exactly what you'd expect it to be. It's all about how they produced twenty seven videos about their adoption journey, including thirteen part series about adoption updates. But there's there's some very funny lines. You gotta read. Look, this is this is the Sriracha reading segment. People are paying good money, hopefully, to hear you read this. Um, hang on, I gotta find. <laughs> Micah also began writing articles about her experience adopting with child special needs for parenting blogs and magazine. In a piece for Parade, Micah wrote that when Huxley came home, they realized he had <laughs> his special needs file was quote inaccurate. In actuality, she wrote, Huxley was diagnosed with quote having a stroke in utero, has a level three autism and sensory processing disorder. Until Sriracha read this article. To me. <laughs> On Friday morning when I was trying to sleep, <laughs> she woke me up and she's like, Stairs, you have to read this. Some of the influencers returned their kid. Um, I didn't know that I didn't know that autism had various levels. Like, that's actually something that I'd like to know a little bit more about. I, I, mean, I, I I'm guessing you haven't you didn't do any more research. Oh no, no, no. I just I've never in my heart before like that's yeah. not just regular autism, this is advanced autism. <laughs> I just, I I didn't know, you know. Cuz it's like if someone tells me like if the ghostbusters show up and they go like that's a class 5 specter, I don't need to know what class 1 is or 6 is. It's like that's bad. Level 3 sounds like he might have it had intensely special needs. I wonder what the top level autism is. And you know what? We're both adults and we're both adult enough to just get right back to this article. Yeah, we are. I appreciate that. <laughs> um you're laughing at the jokes you could have made, aren't you? Oh, my brain is flooded. On Mother's Day, she wrote it was the hardest holiday she'd ever had. Soon, her followers began to wonder what was going on, asking Micah for updates on Huxley's whereabouts. I like that they just tried to hide that the kid wasn't living with them anymore. Yeah, I know. This is like if you're if you're one of these influencers, if you're one of these influencer families, you're on there every fucking day. Like in Family Matters. All of a sudden, one day, Richie disappeared. Richie was the, like this adorable kid who they styled to look like little Richard. And one day, he's just gone. One day, I found matters the grandma disappeared. One day, Aunt Rachel disappears. And as a kid, you're like, hey, what the fuck? Why are you moving on like this is normal? It's like that, but for a real special needs boy from China. Yeah, yeah. And I, how did she think she was going to get away with this? <laughs> like, what? Um, some people even started Instagram accounts like Justice for Huxley and Micah Stauffer fan to pressure Micah to answer their question. Yeah, didn't they start like a hashtag? Like, hashtag where's Huxley? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, the woman from New York who runs the at Micah Stauffer account told BuzzFeed News she'd been following the family for years when she noticed Huxley's absence. She said when she asked Micah on Instagram, she quote blocked me immediately. <laughs> not good. Not not good. Where you know that's creating quite a bit of smoke. I knew if I was going to try to find out what happened to him, I needed to get more support and to spread the word about and get justice for Huxley. She said her account, where she posted photos and videos of Huxley calling for the staffers to address his whereabouts, soon amassed over six hundred followers, which is not that impressive. That's look. It's impressive enough that she got. The story, like 
You don't need to have a million followers. Like, this account exists for one question. Where the fuck is Huxley? Where's that adorable little Asian special needs boy that you made me fall in love with over Instagram or TikTok or whatever? Yeah, where the fuck did they put him? Did they send him back to try? Were they like, can we return this? I mean, they... The, the article goes on to say where exact where he is. Then on Tuesday night, the staffers posted a video, a, a video called "An Update on Our Family." They had removed Huxley from their home and had placed him with another family. They said the couple said the decision was for Huxley's emotional well-being. James said Huxley had several special. James is her husband had spe- several special needs that they weren't aware of when he came home to the U.S. They had placed him in intense therapy over the years and consulted with experts. <laughs> After multiple assessments, after multiple evaluations, numerous medical professionals said they felt he needed to a different fit in his medical needs. He needed more, more like maybe not shoving a camera in his face every second of his life. Did they mean more likes and retweets? Is that what they meant? Did they mean more sponsorship deals? They meant more Clorox bleach promotions. Goodness great. That's right. That's the term I'm thinking of. I saw some video where she was like, P is unreturnable he's unreturnable turns out he was returnable (laughs) (laughs) update he's quite returnable actually we found a way to return him turns out you could send him back within two weeks did you guys know that (laughs) (laughs) three years later the couple said they had stayed silent until now to give huxley privacy and for legal reasons they wouldn't elaborate micah added that 99 percent of the struggles were never shared on their youtube channel for the same reason in a comment on the video micah said multiple scary things happen inside the house towards our other children my guy he's four he's a four unless he's pocket hercules (laughs) like what is this four-year-old doing what could he possibly have been doing was he building a death? I mean, at level three, perhaps he like can build like a death ray or like a talking robot that can sass mom back. Maybe he was reading. Maybe that's what that means. Like he was reading early and he got super into Marxism or something. He was turning all the kids communists. Oh no! Okay. Oh god. Yeah. Exactly. Like like they bought like. All of a sudden, he starts making a little red book out of common household items, and it's like, oh, oh no. He has been radicalized. Get him out of here. Goodness gracious. We saw that fa- that in family time with other people, he consistently chews them and signed and showed tons of emotion to show us and let us know he wanted this. The other family that they dumped him with, I guess. <sighs> What, did they put him down in the middle of the kitchen and have him run toward, like, come on, come here, Huxley, come here, Huxley, come over here, buddy, over here, pal. What the hell? Okay, Huxley, run to me if you want to stay here with mommy and daddy and run outside if you want to go to a different family. And he's gone. This is, okay, look, the deal is, when you're like a rich internet family, If you get tired of your kid, you don't return him. You hire him a full-time staff to take care of him in your guest house. That's That's the humane thing. Yeah, that's my question is, couldn't they, like, get him a... An au pair? Yeah. Get him a pair of au pairs. (laughs) And then get them all some au jus. Because I love the au jus at Arby's. Call back. Like, put... Yes, uh, I mean, uh, famously, um, uh, one of my favorite comedy writers, Robert Smigel, like h- his child is severely autistic and they have like they he requires like app full time round the clock medical care. But that's what the money's for. Like, yeah. So what the guy does is he sells TV shows and rewrites screenplays and he gets money and he helps his kid. Yeah, sending your kid to another home is probably not going to be great for those sponsorships, so you probably should have just went with the live-in doctor option. Yeah, I, this, this makes app, this makes, you know, it's the worst, like, okay, put aside that it's, like, bad morally, it's like, well, that's not very funny, like... It's just very bad influencer marketing tactics. Dude, I literally didn't know you could fucking return your kid like a dog to the show. I, I'm still not convinced this is allowed. Yeah, I know. It's weird. I know. It's weird. Okay, so so how does the article end? I mean, I'm guessing that now they've had to do this whole big mea culpa, we're so sorry thing. And oh my God, you know, it's probably coming up. There we're we're visiting Huxley series. Oh my god, yes, there's gonna be a whole series of that of them dragging the kid. The kid is gonna be so fucking confused. They're gonna go to the parents, they're gonna be like, We'll give you fifty thousand dollars an hour. Now 
Because well, we because the thing is at this point they have to save their they have to save their uh, what's the their brand integrity. They have I mean their brand integrity is pretty much in the toilet at this point. This is the part of the article where they get to people roasting the shit out of them on the internet. Excellent. What they're saying, you mean like we're doing right now. My heart aches for poor Huxley. Wrote one person on Twitter. They dragged this poor little boy all the way from China, making him start all over, and then they gave him up. Yeah. <laughs> After squeezing him for content for years. Years. Well, Jesus Christ. Like, the, the whole thing. D- didn't they do a thing where they were like, it's his gotcha day? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I, you taught me what a gotcha day is. Like, like for people who don't know, what's a gotcha day? A gotcha day. Um, When you adopt a child, they will often celebrate their gotcha day on the day that they were officially adopted. Sometimes this is in lieu of a birthday if they don't know when their birthday is. And sometimes it's just another another thing. I knew a teacher when I was in high school adopted three little girls and they all celebrated their birthday and also their gotcha day. It was really cute. Well, look, th- let's look on the bright side. Now he's got two gotcha days. <laughs> he's got dumb- two Christmases. Hey, two Christmases. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to grow up and be like, God, I can't wait to go to my, can't wait to go to my YouTuber family for Christmas. They, they got the guilt. Like, you know how parents, when you get divorced, like they'll try to constantly one up one another with the yep. gifts and be like, Huxley, we bought you three Nintendo switches. We're so sorry. Oh my goodness gracious. This poor, I feel so bad for this poor kid. Imagine adopting a special need child from China, naming him Huxley, a crime in itself. Exploiting it for sponsor tip money, monetize videos, and then rehoming him when things get hard, like he's a pet and not a human child. Did you write that? I did not, but I wish I did. That's a that's a sassy ass comment, Buzzfeed. Yeah, that's a that's that that's that's uh, they're really editorializing here. I feel uneasy about children being on YouTube since there's always the possibility of exploitation, whether or not it's intentional. And you never know who's watching on the other side of the screen. It's unfair to them because they can't consent to their personal life being shown to the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine that? Like when we were kids, if it was an option for parents to like live stream us taking a shit in the bathtub or something. That we'd be TikToks. We would be TikToks right now. It's like it's a hey, it's the it's the little ethnic boy that poops himself and then and then takes the piece of poop and then writes his name on the tiles because he thinks it's like a bath crayon. <laughs> Huxley. Huxley. That is a terrible name. Huxley is as bad a name as it is to dress up like sexy Jane Austen characters. On your OnlyFans. I it's, just... Oh, sorry. What were you saying? No, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, it's just like... that. It's marketing for stupid people who think they're smart. Like, that's what that's... Like, I've heard of Aladis Huxley. I think that... Didn't that person write uh, the... What is, I don't even know what the hell Huxley wrote. Like, what's Huxley's famous book? I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 is I, it, wait, Brave New World. Yeah, Brave New World. Right, exactly. I told my teachers I read Brave New World. I actually just read the clip notes for Brave New World. Like, that's who that's there to impress. Brave New World sucks. I don't get why that book is so popular. I've, I've never I've never read it. I've not, I got no idea. It's supposed to be like 1984, but it's not like 1984 because 1984 has a coherent story. And this one is more like a guide to the new world where everybody fucks everybody and they all do drugs all the time. And then also they don't you don't have kids. They like assign you a child. It's very I don't remember there being a coherent story of Brave New World. Wait, shouldn't they be calling this Brave Cool World? You're doing drugs all the time. You're constantly having sex. They should have called that book Cool Awesome. Some world. <laughs> wow, god damn. I just think I just think if you got a hundred people and you polled them and you said, name a fictional character whose ass and titties you want to see, Elizabeth Warren would be ve- wait. Oh my god, is that her name? What is the name of the protagonist of Pride and Prejudice? I don't know. I've never read those books. I'm not a 12-year-old girl who's into horses. Fucking Elizabeth Warren? Wait, wait a goddamn second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really going to be right. showing my ass right. out. While she's looking this up, um, we have so much. Uh, we have a brand new episode of Christory. We just released it yesterday. Um, we go over the time <laughs> that, what's his name, got hit by a car? Michael Snyder. 
Okay, so look, and I didn't know it was this bad, but I finally heard the whole story, and it's rancid. This this guy named Michael Snyder just doesn't want Chris to go to his store, and 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 Chris ends up hitting this guy with his car. And the police get involved, and it's insane. And we talk about this for like an hour. It's one of my favorite episodes of Christery. You can get it right now. And brand new episode of The Lime and the Coconuts. Brand new episode of Dark Side Jills. There's one $2 pledge. Patreon.com slash stereos. Uh, do, do you want to say anything? I think our next episode of Dark Side Jills, we're going to watch the gamer terrorism episode of CSI. <laughs> Yes, the one where Lo- was that Logan Paul or Jake Paul plays Logan- the gamer terrorist? Logan Paul is the gamer terrorist. Oh my god, no, no, he's an actual terrorist because there's video of Logan Paul. Jake Paul, no, that's Jake I Paul. I don't know the difference. Which one of them filmed the dead guy? Logan Paul. Jake Paul destroyed the pack, son? Correct. <laughs> wow, can you imagine being the best of the Pauls? It's like, hey, look, I may have, I may have used this... Uh, I may have used the uh, the current riots over racial injustice to to catch up on my pack sun shopping, but at least I didn't film a dead guy in a forest. I'm the good Paul. I mean, listen, listen. I want to steal real bad. You no, know, <laughs> I want to steal real bad. I know you want to loot. I know you do, but I don't want. To, I'm not. I won't. I won't do it, and I won't go to the protests. But I want to steal real bad. I know. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Oh my god! Imagine that's like a dr- your dream. What is happening right now is like you dr- what you dream about as a kid. Like run through Toys R Us and get as many as you can. The whole world is a super toy run right now. I <laughs> I, I read an article in Chicago, and we got to wrap up. I read an article just today. I'll show it to you after we record. Where the mayor of Chicago was saying like. You don't need to bring U-Hauls to a protest. <laughs> These are very clearly armed robbers. The mayor of Chicago was like, because the mayor of Chicago is uh, is like a, a a person of color, a female person of color activist. I think her name is Lori Lightfoot. She's like, there's protests and then there's what you're doing. Can we get back to over here, please? I saw a video the other day of someone, they smashed into a Sephora and everybody was just like single filing in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, Sephora, if you're going to break the law, go to the Apple store. Like, <laughs> I got this $4 lipstick for free. Like, Sephora... Sephora's a riot all the time. Like, like $10, you go get you a pound of garbage. Now, I know Sephora has expensive stuff, but it has so much cheap shit there. It really doesn't. Dude, like a lipstick from Sephora is like 26 bucks. I would clear out a fucking Sephora. Do I feel bad for the companies getting robbed? No. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck them all. And the only cops you should be talking to are the thought cops, kids. That is our show. We have to go. God Damn it. Thank you so much. Brand new Christery is out. Go, you can find it at patreon.com slash stairs. We'll talk to you later. Bye.